You are welcome to our Wednesday service. We are just going to go straight to the message that we were dealing with. You remember we are still dealing with the battle of Armageddon, this great battle that is going to gather all armies, all Gentile armies. They are going to uh, fight. They are going to try to do away with this nation that has bothered the world and that is the nation of Israel. Uh, and so Gentile nations are going to gather together in the land of Israel and they are going to try to do away with this uh, uh, nation of Israel. And we were saying that the important point about this great battle is that Jesus Christ returns to stop it. Christ will return to stop this battle. If he doesn't come to stop it, then mankind will annihilate himself. Man will destroy himself. Uh, there will be a lot, uh, <clears throat> a, a lot of uh, uh, carnage that will eliminate every person. So Christ also is referred to as the destroyer of the Gentiles. Uh, when we speak of the destroyer of the Gentiles, we are speaking about Jesus Christ. is coming to destroy the Gentile armies, Gentile nations with their armies. is going to come and destroy them. He's going to come and do away with them. He's coming back. The destroyer of the Gentiles will come back. And we turn to the book of uh, uh, Matthew 24 and uh, verse 30. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Is going to come, Jesus Christ is going to come with great power and great glory. Why is he, why will he come at that time? Like we are saying, is he coming to stop this battle before man destroyed himself, destroys himself from the face of the earth, Christ comes to stop this battle before the Gentile nations destroy the nation of Israel, Christ will come and stop this battle. In Revelation, we are promised that he will come uh, <clears throat> in the clouds. And we can turn to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1 and uh, verse 7. We are promised uh, that he will come in the clouds. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7. Behold, he cometh with the clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. So, there will be an invasion, invading, an invasion, from outer space, or more accurately, an invasion from heaven. 
Christ coming with his armies, he will invade from outer space, from heaven, coming to stop this battle that will be raging in Israel. And when we turn to Revelation 19, uh, Revelation 19, reading verses 11 through 19, And I saw the heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness uh, doth judge and make war, speaking of Christ. His eyes were as a flaming fire, and on his head were many crowns, many crowns. And he, and he had a name written that no man knew uh, but he himself. What is this? He had a name and no man knew apart from himself. There is something that we know about God and uh, things that uh, only God knows. And Christ is coming back and is going to do great things. Uh, let's continue here in verse 13. And he was clothed with vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Another name for Christ, he is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth sharp sword, uh, uh, sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vest and on his thigh a name, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come, and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that he may eat the flesh of kings, and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them, uh, that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great, thy soul, the beast, and the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him, and sat, uh, against him that sat on the horse, and against his army. My God, this, but, this supper, Great Supper, like we have read it here, it's not in the Supper we know of. Birds of heaven being called upon just to eat flesh of man. There is going to be a lot of destruction. Man will be destroyed, killed. That birds will feast on man, on horses, those that sit on horses, kings, 
captains, it will be a great supper for the birds. So, the Lord and his bride are called the armies which are in heaven. When we, you hear the word, the armies which are in heaven, we are talking about the bride and Christ. That's what we mean. The Lord and his bride are the armies which are in heaven that invade the land that come to stop this battle. At another point, the scripture refers to this day, uh, to this day as a trouble, a day of trouble. Uh, if you can uh, um, turn to Habakkuk, let's turn to Habakkuk. This will be a terrible day, and uh, those that will be living at that time are really going to see terrible things. Habakkuk chapter 3, we are reading verse 16, When I heard, my belly trembled, my lips quivered at the voice, rottenness entered into my bones. And I trouble, I trembled in myself that I might rest in the day of trouble. It is also referred to do as the day of trouble. When he cometh unto the people, he will invade them with his troops. He will invade them with his troops. Even here in Jude, even here in the book of Jude, right before the book of Revelation, we have Jude, verses 14 and 15. Enoch prophesied of this day. And Enoch, also the seventh from Adam, Adam prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with the ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and all and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. I tell you, man has spoken a lot against God and it is not going to go without God dealing with it. It's going to be a terrible time. Ungodly men have spoken a lot. There is no God. God doesn't exist. God doesn't care. Uh, God uh, is not kind. is not concerned. A lot of stout words have been, have been spoken, but Christ will come and really rain judgment on those ungodly 
deeds that men of this world have spoken is coming to intervene in this battle. And uh, this is the day also, it is referred to also as the day of the Lord's anger. This battle is also referred to as the day or that time is also referred to, to as the day of the Lord's anger. Everything is in the scriptures. If we can turn to Zephaniah. Let's turn here to Zephaniah. Scripture upon scripture, line upon line, everything. Zephaniah chapter 2 verses 1 and 3. Gather yourselves together, yea, gather together, O nation, not desired, before the decree bring forth, before the day pass as the chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you. That time of that great battle is also referred to the day of the Lord's anger. It's the day when the Lord um, pours down his anger upon rebellious humanity. The only ones that are hid, the only ones that will survive this are the elects. That's why it is important to serve God. It's good to serve God. If God has honored you to be an elect, if God has chosen you, he has touched your heart, he has opened your understanding, and you are a child of God, serve him with all your strength, with all your mind, because this terrible time that is going to come, if you will be alive then, it will be bad. And we are told it's only the elect that will be hid from all these calamities, all these judgments, pestilences, this war, uh, really uh, a large-scale war taking place. It's only the elects that will be hid. And this would be the 144,000 sealed Jews. The Jews that are going to really survive since it will be in their land. 144,000 sealed Jews. And the remnant of the church that is hiding in the wilderness. You remember, after the bride is caught away, the remnant of the church goes underground. It does not operate. It becomes an underground church. They run to the rocks. They run to the wilderness to hide. There will be martyrdom. It will be a terrible time. So people that are going to survive, are number one, the 144,000 sealed Jews, and the remnant of the church that is hiding in the wilderness and are waiting for the return of the Lord. There will be people that know what is going on. There will be people that are informed that uh, the Lord is coming before Israel is destroyed. 
the Lord is coming uh, to deliver his people. And so those are the ones that will uh, survive. As this battle rages, the Lord will not stand idly by while the entire nation of Israel is destroyed. He's not going to look. Yes, uh, look. Uh, stand by and look. Uh, but he is going to intervene. That's when people will know that God has his people and he loves this nation, the nation of Israel. They are not going to destroy it. They may think they are going to do away with it, but they are not going to destroy it. The Lord is coming to deliver them. There will be a group of people, primarily the 144,000 redeemed Jews, who are praying that, Lord, will you come, come down from heaven? They will be talking to God. They will be praying. These that have been sealed, Lord, come quickly. Come and redeem us. Come and deliver us. They will be praying. If we can look uh, at Isaiah chapter 64. Isaiah 64 here. The children of Israel, nation of Israel, those that have been redeemed, they will be praying, Lord, come. In Isaiah 64, verses 1 and 2, All that thou wouldest render the heavens, this is their prayer, that thou wouldest come down, this is their prayer, that the mountains might flow down in thy presence. As when the melting fire burneth, the fire causes the waters to boil, to make thy name known to thine adversaries, that the nations may tremble at thy presence. The 144,000 sealed Jews, that will be their prayer, that the Lord comes to intervene. And the Lord will not let his people to be destroyed. We keep saying, the Lord will not let his people to be destroyed. And if you turn to Isaiah 62 and verses 1 and 2, he says, for Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. Right there, for Zion's sake. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth and the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness and all kings thy glory and thou shalt be called by a new name which the mouth of the Lord shall name right there the Lord will not let his people to be destroyed when it will appear as though the, the Gentile armies are going to die away with this little nation 
That's when the Lord comes down to prove them wrong. So, because the so-called Christian nations, so-called, they are really not really practicing Christianity, but we call them Christian nations because of the so-called Christian nations will not yet, will not get involved to save Israel. They look to be friends, but they will not get involved to save Israel. The Lord himself will intervene. Even whether Britain, whether America, whatever nations that are Christian are branded as Christian nations, even when they will not come to the aid of the nation of Israel, the Lord himself will. And here in Isaiah 63, and um, verses 1 through 6, Who is he that cometh from Edom, with the dyed garments from Bozrah? This is that is going... Uh, this that is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Wherefore art thou red in thine apparel, and thy garments like him that treadeth in the winepress? I have trodden the winepress alone, and of the people there was none with me. For I would try them in mine anger, and, and trample them in my fury. And their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garments, and I will stain all my raiment. For the day of vengeance is in mine heart, and the year of my redeemed is come. And I looked, and there was none to help. Look at that. And I wondered that there was none to uphold. Therefore mine own, uh, therefore mine own arm brought salvation unto me. And in my fury it upheld me. And I would trade down the people in mine anger and make them drunk in my fury. And I would bring down their strength. Uh, to the earth. This is what the Lord is going to do. When there is none to help, he himself will step in. When nobody cares, the Lord will step in. And this happens to us even as individuals. To those that have none to help, to those that are being cast, minimized, People are saying every kind of word. And there seems no person. You are in trouble. You have a problem. You are in a fix and you don't know what to do. And nobody is coming to your aid. Nobody is coming to help you. Don't care. If God is going to do to Israel, and we are the Israel of God, he will deliver you. When there is no person to help you, no person to stand by your side, no person to really sympathize with you. There is a God in heaven that comes to the aid of his children. There is a God in heaven that never forsakes his children. You may look as though you are alone. You are not alone. He that is with God 
he has the majority. A person that trusts God, uh, believes in God, knows that God is alive and God cares, and your faith is in God, you may look as though you are alone, the Lord will come to your aid. Have confidence in God, have trust in God, uh, seek God, trust God, lift your faith to God, God will come and intervene in your affair. If he's going to intervene in the affair of the children of Israel, certainly he's going to interfere in your affair. You belong to him, he chose you, you didn't choose him, he chose you, he saved you, probably baptized you with the Holy Ghost and brought you to the body of Christ, and you look as though you are lonely, you are alone, you look as though everything is going to consume you, this problem, that condition that threatens your life is going to take, uh, take you away. No, have faith in God. Whatever things were written for our time, they were written for our learning that we through patience and the comfort of scriptures we might have hope. There is a God that cares, there is a God that comes to the aid of his children when everybody is leaving you, everybody is turning their uh, necks aside. There is a God that cares. And so, the Lord is going to uh, intervene when these nations, so-called Christian nations, will not help Israel at that time, God will come in. So, the 38th chapter of Ezekiel describes the gathering of the armies for this battle. While the 39th chapter of Ezekiel chronicles the intervention of the Lord to stop the warfare. And I think let's look at Ezekiel 39. Let's look at Ezekiel 39 and uh, we see what the Lord will do here. Ezekiel 39, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, thou son of man, prophesy again, Gog, and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. And I will return thee back, and live, but the sixth part of thee, and will cause thee to come up from the north parts, and will bring thee upon the mountain of Israel. And I will smite thy bow out of thy left hand, and I will cause thine arrows to fall out of thy right hand. Thou shalt fall upon thy mountain Sorry, thou shalt fall upon the mountains of Israel, thou and all thy bands, and the people that is with thee. I will give thee unto the ravenous birds of every sort, 
unto the beasts of the field to be devoured. Thou shalt fall upon the open field, for I have spoken it, saith the Lord. So, right here, the Lord is going <coughs> to stand on the side of Israel and all will know that the Lord has come to rescue his people. Every person will come to know <coughs> that the Lord has come to rescue his people. They will see it clearly. It will be very clear. There will be no doubt about it. When we continue in verses uh, 7 and 8, So will I make my holy name known in the midst of my people, Israel, and I will not let them pollute my holy name anymore. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel. Behold, it is come and it is done, says the Lord God. This is the day whereof I have spoken. So, the carnage of the battle of Armageddon will be so great that it will take seven months. Can you imagine? It will take seven months just to bury all the dead. People will die in mass. Masses. That it will take seven months. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven months to bury all of the dead. My God. That means there will be millions upon millions that will be dead. Millions upon millions. We continue in verses, uh, here still, Ezekiel 39, verses 12 through 15. The scripture says, And seven months shall the house of Israel be buried, <coughs> shall be buried of them, that they may cleanse the land. Yea, all the people of the land shall bury them, and shall be to them a renown, the day that I shall be glorified, saith the Lord God. Verse 14, And they shall sever out men of continual employment, passing through the land to bury with the passengers, those that remain upon the face of the earth, <clears throat> to cleanse it. After the end of seven months shall they search. And the passengers that pass through the land, when any seeth a man's bone, then shall be set up a sign by it, till the barriers have buried it in the valley of Hamon Gog. 
my God. People passing by, they see a bone, they put a sign that there is work here, somebody is to be buried, somebody is to be covered, that will be terrible, terrible carnage. So, this is a terrible time for the ungodly, but a great day for all they who love is appearing. Those that are children of God, those that have been serving God, it is a wonderful time. Terrible time for the ungodly, because they will be dying in masses, terrible suffering, terrible pain, yet a great day for all those that love is appearing. Do you love the Lord's appearing? Are you firm in your salvation? Are you steady? Or you on one leg in the church, one leg in the world, half saved, half hidden? At times you are for the church, at other times you are against the church. You don't love his appearing. By the time the Lord comes, person wonders which side you will be on. Sometimes for church, sometimes for the world, sometimes you love the church, sometimes you love the world too much. You are unstable. A double-minded person cannot get anything from the Lord. You better make up your mind to serve the Lord. You better be steady in your salvation. Be consistent in your salvation. Love the Lord with all your heart. Be an individual that looks forward to the return of the Lord, that loves Christ's appearing. Be, be steady in your salvation. Don't waver. Don't love the world a little bit and love Christ a little bit. That doesn't work. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, with all, with everything. Be steady in your serving God. Not today you are serving, tomorrow you are not. Today you are for God, tomorrow you are against God. Tomorrow you are, today you are for the church. The next day you are against the church. You are criticizing, you are finding fault. You don't love his appearing. If you love his appearing, you will go wholeheartedly. Say, the Lord you saved me, I'm going to serve you, I'm going to stand for you, I'm not going to waver. Be consistent. So, it will be a terrible time for the ungodly, but a great day for those that love his appearing. And here in the second Timothy, if we can look at Second Timothy. Second Timothy here. Let's see what the scripture says here in Second Timothy chapter four and uh, verse eight. Second Timothy chapter four. Uh, 
And verse 8, Henceforth there is laid up for me, Paul telling his son in the gospel, Timothy, a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Those that have been talking about that are consistent. In Ezekiel 39, going back to our book again, Ezekiel 39, and verses 21 and 22, Ezekiel 39, verses 21 and 22, the scripture says, And I will set my glory among the heathen, and all the heathen shall see my judgment that I have executed, and my hand that I have laid upon them. So the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God from that day and forward. They will know that God has loved them from that day and forward. So many thousands will be slain either by the invading armies or by the Lord when he returns with his army. And the armies of heaven, we have already told you, armies of heaven, we mean the Lord and his bride. So thousands are going to be slain either by the invading armies or by the Lord when he returns. In fact, the only one left alive in Jerusalem at the close of this battle are those who have accepted the Lord. Those that will be left alive at the close of this battle are those that have accepted the Lord. None <coughs> will be spared but the righteous. I think when we look at Isaiah here, let's turn to Isaiah line after line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. So Isaiah here in Isaiah chapter 1 verses 27 and 28 Zion shall be redeemed hallelujah with the judgment and her converts with the righteousness and the destruction of the transgressors and of the sinners shall be together and they that forsake the Lord shall be consumed. People that forsake the Lord are going to be consumed. So, <clears throat> those 
that are left alive in Jerusalem shall be called holy. There will be people that love God, people that are for God, people whose mind is on God. The unrighteous will not live through this battle. Right there, unrighteous, people that are not decided, people that are Christians by mouth, you will not survive the battle. And there are many trials in this world, even before, just to digress a bit, there are many uh, tests that come our way. But for you to survive a test, for you to survive a trial, you need to be a devoted child of God. When a trial, when a test comes, many, if you have been half saved, uh, half unsaved, then you don't sustain that trial. You normally fail the test. Uh, you don't survive. It takes a person that is set for God, a person that loves God with the whole of his heart, for you to come through on the other side. And as we live on this earth, there are many trials that come our way, and many times we fall, we fall. That's why we have so many people that have gone, so many children of God, when it came to marriage, they couldn't wait. They failed the test. They went with unbelievers. They failed the test. They couldn't stand. Um, when it came to uh, having no money, they involved themselves in ungodly means and ungodly ways to get money. They failed the test. For you to overcome, you need to be devoted, determined. Person that prays a lot, person that talks to God a lot, person that asks for the mercy, for the strength. Lord, have mercy. Lord, give me your grace. God, sustain me. Lord, help me. And they are living right. They are living right. That's why they survive. So, the unrighteous will not survive or will not live through this battle of Armageddon. They will not survive. Look at Isaiah chapter 4. Isaiah chapter 4 and verse 3. And it shall come to pass that he that is left in Zion and he that remains in Jerusalem shall be called holy. That's what we have said. Even everyone that is written among the living in Jerusalem, those that are going to survive, shall be called holy. 
And so, the scriptures show that the Lord will destroy all of the sinners, all of the sinners out of the land of Israel. All sinners shall be destroyed out of this land of Israel. All the sinners. Look at Isaiah chapter 13. Isaiah 13 verse 9. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh cruel, both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. He shall destroy the sinners. They will be destroyed. All sinners will be destroyed. So, those very few people <clears throat> who are left alive after this tremendous holocaust will trust in the name of the Lord. They will really be for God. They will trust in the name of the Lord. And they will do <clears throat> righteously. Those that will remain the slaughter. Those that will remain and survive. They will do righteously. If you can turn to Zephaniah. Let's look at Zephaniah. It's, it's precious to serve the Lord. When people think it's useless, it's precious. Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. I will also live in the midst of thee, unafflicted and poor people, and they shall trust in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel shall not do iniquity. They will not. Nor speak lies, neither shall a deceitful tongue be found in their mouths. For they shall feed and lie down, and none shall make them afraid. None shall make them afraid. This is because the Lord will purge out all the rebels from the land. All those that don't love God, that have rebelled against God, that don't want to serve God, they will be all taken care of and removed. And so, it will be the righteous. And they will dwell safely. Uh, let's look at Ezekiel here. Scripture upon Scripture. Ezekiel chapter 20 Ezekiel chapter 20 verses 37 and 38 and I will come I will cause you to pass under the road and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant and I will purge out from among you the rebels and them that transgress against me. I will bring them forth out of the country where they sojourn 
and they shall not enter into the land of Israel and ye shall know that I am the Lord as for you O house of Israel that says the Lord God go ye serve ye everyone his idols uh, go ye serve ye everyone his idols and here I've told you so if you will not hearken unto me but pollute ye my holy name uh, if you will not hearken unto me but pollute ye my holy name no more with your gifts and your idols now the Lord promised that he would remove out of the land of Israel all those which, which offend and commit iniquity. He's going to remove everyone that is living a sinful life, that is committing iniquity, everyone that is not living right, the Lord will remove. If you turn to Matthew 13, Matthew chapter 13, and verses 41 to 43, the Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father, who hath ears to hear. Let him hear. My God, every person that is not living right, that have not made up their mind to serve God, they will be removed. So, it will be a time to clean up the land, to remove everything that offends. So, in another allusion, the Lord compared the battle of Armageddon to the destruction of the flood of Noah. In another allusion, the Lord compared the battle of Armageddon to the destruction of the flood of Noah. You remember the flood of Noah that destroyed the ungodly? For the Lord to have allowed the flood to come, the people were, had turned against God. They were coming up with deeds that were so bad. Uh, they were very, very violent in their sinful ways. And the Lord could not keep watching, keep looking at that. Time came when he had to judge uh, the antediluvian generation because of their ungodly deeds. So, the two, you can look at how the two are similar. If you can turn to Matthew 24, 
Matthew 24 and verses uh, 37 to 41. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also, right there, the comparison, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. People will be doing business as usual, living their normal life, not knowing things are going to come. They think this battle is just, we are going to finish this nation and we shall go back to our normal life. We are going to annihilate this land of Israel and do and the people will be planning. My God, they will not know what is coming. So, Armageddon, for you to survive, Armageddon, this will not be the result of chance or sheer luck. It will not be chance or luck. I'm lucky I've survived. Mm-mm. It will be the grace of God. It will be because God has loved you, God has intended that you survive. You will not survive just, I, by luck, I have survived Armageddon. No, sir, no, ma'am. It will be God's grace. Sinners will be slain, but he will spare those whom he loves. If you look at Malachi, look at Malachi chapter 3. Malachi 3, verses 17 and 18. Malachi 3, 17 and 18. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall he return, and the son between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. That's when it will be very clear who are those that have been serving God and who are those that have not been serving God. Because if you have not been serving God, you are not going to be spared. Sinners will be slain. You have not been serving God and you think you will survive through? No, it will not happen. You are going to be destroyed. There will be a clear difference. Those that are devoted to God, those that serve God, God will make sure that they survive. Like I was saying, if you love God, you are serving God, you are doing your level best. When you fall, you rise up. There is no man that sinneth not. You are committed to God. The tests that come our way, the trials that come our way, God makes sure that you survive because of your lifestyle, because of your love for God, 
because of your stand. You are not one person, one leg in the world, another leg in the church, one leg in the world, another leg in the church. You are at one time for God, another time against the church, another time against God. When a test comes to such a person that is not consistent, they normally fail. They don't sustain. They don't pass the test. So it's not good, children of God, let this be a lesson. We who, well, let me enjoy myself. I will serve God later. You are not devoted. Well, when I was uh, free before I got married, I had all the time to serve. But now I have uh, a lot of responsibilities. Love me. Uh, let the children grow, then I will come back and serve God. You are the people we are talking to, you are not consistent. And when a trial or a test comes, you are not going to survive. So, the wicked shall be utterly destroyed. And in Malachi 4 verse 1, For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, and it shall leave them neither root nor branch, utter destruction. The Lord will utterly destroy them. So, Jesus returns with the armies of heaven. The armies of heaven, like we have been saying, is the Lord himself and the bride. That is what is referred to as the armies of heaven. Jesus returns with the armies of heaven to interrupt the battle of Armageddon and speak peace to the earth. That is the only entity that will speak peace to the earth. No man can bring peace in this world. No individual can bring peace to this world. Only the Lord will speak peace to this earth. He will come and intervene in this battle. Uh, let's look at Zechariah. Scripture upon scripture. Very good scriptures. Everything is in the Bible. Everything that we are saying is in the Bible. Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 10. And I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem and the battle bow shall be cut off and he shall speak peace unto the heathen. And his dominion shall be from sea even to sea, and from river even to the ends 
of the earth. Christ is the only entity that shall speak peace to the earth, that shall bring peace. So this peace will begin to reach out to all the earth. It starts in Israel, then slowly it moves, it begins to move until it covers all the earth where there will be no more war, no more fighting, no more all these battles that we have been experiencing. And that's why our Lord Jesus Christ should be worshipped. He has done a lot and is going to do a lot. Let's continue serving Him, living for Him, and it's worthwhile. It's good to serve the Lord. You are going to find out and say, Thank you, Lord, that you helped me to live for you and to serve you. We are going to continue in the next service, but these are interesting, this is interesting knowledge, and we pray that God will help us to understand. Thank you for listening, and may the Lord bless you. Amen.